So I know that we weren't going to get out of the seventh season without a Holodeco Zarai episode, and it wasn't as painful as I, I thought it would be. You know something? I mean, this is we we talked about uh, uh, Genesis as maybe a good or bad good bad episode. I thought this was a good bad episode. It was so stupid. I thought it was funny. It has no content whatsoever. I mean, there's this vaguely. You know, this vague emergent AI stuff, which I am, you know, of course, very interested in. But that's about it. Um, it doesn't even have that, it though. Just, it mentions it. But I, it doesn't actually exist. This is a, this is an episode that makes no goddamn sense, but I loved it. They thought that the computer was becoming an emergent life form, and it wasn't. It was actually the Tinker Toy. <laughs> yeah, so it, well, it, this is another episode that was just no point, just a bunch of weird shit that happened. They openly wrote this episode because Brian and Braga thought that they needed one more holodeck episode before the show ended. To go out with a bang. I guess that's the case. I'm not sure that... Okay. I'm sure that we'll talk a lot about the seventh season and sort of the 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 show as a whole next week when we cover all good things. But maybe we won't. Maybe we should talk about the seventh season now. I because... was going to say, especially because this particular holodeck episode is constructed to be kind of all of the holodeck together. I mean, these. Yeah. Are, I'm surprised they didn't, you know, when they had the, you know, guy, you know, the gangster show. I'm surprised it wasn't Moriarty. I thought that he was going to even make an appearance in this episode. Well, he's not there anymore. I, well, you, you you're right, Eric. The show is going to lean very heavily into logic, and you know, would not just bring back a character for no reason. And that would have made it, it, that it, actually it, would have made it a terrible episode, I, and it would have gone against everything that we learned about Moriarty. Oh yeah, so yeah. I'm yeah, glad yeah. they didn't do that. Tr- trust, no, I agree. Um, very quickly on, I think I realized I didn't have to take this episode seriously. Yeah, and I think that was a big part of why I managed to enjoy it because if you just want. It's just this conductor, you know, being all tickets, please, and, you know, the gangster and his brick, and it's stupid, and it was funny. You know, I watched it. I had to fit it in between making dinner and leaving to go out to see a friend. It was 45 minutes that I didn't have to use much of my brain on, which was good because I've been extremely busy this week, and I, you know, frankly, if it was something like the drumhead or Measure of a Man or something else, I don't think I could have watched it and paid attention to it and given it the due it deserves. I think that I was able to give emergence the do it deserves, which is not much. Like I'm trying to think, I, and, and that yeah. makes me. It makes it sound like I didn't enjoy the episode. Well, I, I did. It's a very shallow episode. You know, there's. I I think that calling it shallow is an insult to shallowness. <laughs> like I really don't think that there's anything here. I mean, this is not even really an episode of the Next Generation. This is a series of skits. That sort of resemble the next generation. (laughs) Not that I'm saying that's a bad thing, but yeah, I wanted to talk about the seventh season because I think that I'm not sure what they're doing. Yeah. And the show running out the clock. That's that's I think the but I don't know that they are, though, because they're very deliberately doing a lot of callbacks, revisiting things that happened. I mean, with the traveler with Damon Bach from last week, you know, now this thing with the holodeck episode, you know, we've seen all kinds of family members. Alexander has come back. They've really been, you know, wrapping things up. We see Anson Rowe again in the next episode. And so I think that it's one of those cases where 
they really wanted to try very hard to give the last season a good wrap up, but at the same time, they just were tired and couldn't pull it off well enough. I mean, you know what? I almost it almost feels in a way like a lot of these are you know rejected ideas for the finale. Do you know what I mean? Because they're like all trying to be big, you know final episodes or big wrapping up a thing episodes but they're not epic enough and so okay you know you could see somebody pitching okay well i think for the series finale we have just all of the holodeck and the enterprise is going to give birth and finally the enterprise and that seems like their big finale idea and no we're going to go with something else but we can still write that episode have you Uh, seen all good things by the way i have seen that i saw it when it aired okay so you know i do know that that is a much better episode yeah, yeah, than yeah, this yeah. is a finale. You know, again, I'm saying, you know, they or, you know, oh, we can have a finale. We're finally Worf and Alexander going you know, to decide to patch their relationship. And, oh, we can have Alexander travel from the future. No, nah, that's not a great idea, but we can still write that episode. Like, that's almost how just, it seems like the last few episodes got conceived. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure that I agree with that. But I, I don't know. It just feels to me like. There's There are things about the episodes that we've been watching, especially in the last few weeks, that just feel like the show is not really believing that it's the end. I mean, this is the second, this is the third to last episode of the show, and or the second to last episode, well, third to last, right? Third to last uh, episode of the show, and it's just kind of there. And I don't really know why they weren't trying harder at this point. But at like, the same time, the but, show is know, capable of better than this. And the show is capable of sort of really transcendent moments that say a lot about the human condition and about these characters in particular. And in the seventh season, it's been a lot of, you know, uh, 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 it's been a lot of, of, of sound and fury, like signifying yeah, nothing. Yeah. Like there's really just not much here. Like, like, it all feels very flat. But see, like I could feel Again, this episode feels like it's grasping towards something profound or overarching. You have, you know, to with the way that the definition of life has been dealt with on the show, because this has been one of the major themes of the show. I mean, maybe it really it really seems like the last few episodes are dealing with the major themes of the show in a very shitty way. So this is the shitty way for the redefinition of life and emergent, you know, consciousness and. you know, emergent emotions and all of those things and um, basically how data is constructed. Data's entire arc has been, you know, an examination of this. And now here you have the very enterprise itself, you know, developing a consciousness, which is based on, you know, they say, oh, well, because it comes from the holodeck, it's based on us. And so this is this very, you can see them trying to make some very symbolic, you know, the the souls of the crew of the Enterprise come together and create a life form, and it's released into the galaxy, and, you know, we don't know what it's going to make, but it was made with the best of intentions, so maybe it's going to bring some... Like, it's... You can see it's striving to be some kind of thing like that, but it doesn't... It doesn't it, go anywhere. It, it, well... It, it, it's... In ex- that's something you really had to fucking reach for, I don't and and there are it, if that's what they were doing with this episode and that could have been a very interesting episode 
they were too busy, you know, again, showing the gangster with his brick. And I laughed at the well, gangster well, with that's, his brick. Well, that I think is something that is very profound. You just said, and I don't even know if you realized it, is that... I didn't. You've said that a lot when we've been talking about the seventh season, is that that would have been a really good thing. That would have been a really transcendental, profound thing. And instead, they don't do that. And yeah. that's exactly what I'm talking about, is every single moment... I mean, the bones of all of these episodes, yeah. the bones of Emergence is fine. I just feel like a lot of what we've seen in the seventh season, and with Emergence in particular, is the show not making any sort of hard choices about what kind of story it wants to tell. It's just, let's do TNG paint by numbers. It's They know how to make the show at this point. Oh, we're going to do a holodeck story, and it's going to have this, and it's going to have that, and it's going to have the other thing, and it's going to be about the artificial intelligence of you know the, the, the Enterprise computer yeah. becoming an artificial life form or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. And I get all that, but they they cheat. They don't make the hard choices, and... This is a show that I think unfairly gets maligned for not making hard choices. You know, people have said, oh, reset button and this and that and the other thing. Yeah, but and the show doing... doesn't really do that. When and I, they... I wanted, you know, yeah. I really want to make that clear is that The Next Generation is a show with a memory, is a show with a history. These characters do grow and evolve. Do they grow and evolve? Does the show have a history like we are accustomed to now in the second decade of the 21st century with television? No. But it's almost 30 years old at this point. Yeah. And so, again, we've seen the show does call back. The show takes itself as, as can. And the show knows what happened. And, and I think that's one of you the know, things. If, if there are plenty of episodes. And we've said, you know, oh, well, they're not going to kill Picard off. So we know he's not going to die at the end, you know, or whatever. You know, we know that for the most part, the show ends with everything more or less back to normal. You know, the characters learn a lesson or they're going to deal with it or they're going to figure it out or whatever. And, but the, you know, the show still does remember the lesson that they've learned from it. Again, Picard may be okay from the Borg. He may heal, but he will still occasionally have flashes of trauma for that, you know, that, but yeah, here, this is like, if the, if the seventh season Picard had been, you know, captured by seventh season Borg, we would not have needed family. Yeah, exactly. I think that's exactly right. And I think that's my problem with the seventh season in general is that, the show is just not feeling as as data fucking betrayed the foundation for the federation for the borg everyone and he's okay if if you want to talk about you know the show reset but i think that's it yeah no i agree with you and i think that that you know in hindsight descent was the indication that something was going very wrong on the show you know like because nobody's giving a shit and data's like flipped out a couple times since the show doesn't really feel lived in anymore and everybody just seems like they're going through the motions kind of do you know what i mean yeah but again it's this is they're 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 ready to end you know this is this is the they've put the effort into the everybody has put the effort into the finale at this point and you know rightly so uh this is just, oh, you know, and let's do a holodeck episode and we can make it fun and we can put a lot of the work onto the conductor and he can make it funny. Like that, you know, it just, that, to a degree, that's what this episode is, you know. Maybe they found a bunch of old costumes and had the train set, you know, and said, hey, we could do something cool, you know. Maybe somebody wanted to do an Orient Express episode for a while, you know. And No, I get, I get yeah, the, the I, impetus behind the episode. I get the impetus to do like a big holodeck ending episode. You know, uh, uh, let's combine all sorts of different elements that we've seen over the past seven years and let's just tell a big story. Okay, that's fine. I is think that's this all a big, in- is this, I don't know. It, it, 
so if this episode is a candy episode, was it a good candy episode, I guess? I mean, I would say yes, but I think that the problem with it is not really the holodeck stuff. The problem is not really the life form. The problem is that they introduced this idea of the Enterprise becoming an emergent yeah. life form, and it's just not true. It's... So yeah. it, 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 I well I don't you know I it doesn't really explain what it is is it just is it an emergent life form is it just becoming a life form that's sole purpose is to give birth to another one like it's it's so vague Well Again, and I think a pro, the pro, like I think it's a problem that yeah. we both have a very different understanding of what the end of the episode meant yeah. Because to my way of thinking, it meant that this life form attached itself to the Enterprise in some fashion and was using the Enterprise computer to, like, reproduce. And then yeah. as soon as it happened, it purged itself from the computer. And the com- like the computer was never becoming an emergent life form, right? Yeah, no. It essentially just regu- you know it reguides the computer to get these certain minerals or particles or whatever. Right. And then once it's collected them and it's created its fetus, you know, and it goes off, you know, it. Yeah. It, it, so in, in other words, you know, if it's not a – it is growing some kind of brain type of thing. But is it these, though? I don't well, even I mean, know. Well, I mean because – you know, well, you know that – And I don't even – this is the thing is like I'm not even really interested in talking about this. Like I don't even think this is interesting it doesn't, because it doesn't matter. Like and this is exactly – I think – But I, because again, it's a weird stuff that happened. Wow, something weird happened in the Enterprise and it gave birth. Wow. Right. <laughs> but I think that, you know, I think the reason why the seventh season feels so weird, I just figured it out – is that the show moved away from thinking that the plot was important oh, yeah. to thinking about the themes and the characters, right? And sort of the plot was the structure yeah, yeah, which yeah, you were yeah. going to hang these things on. Which is why first season was kind of weird Shitty. because it was still oh, – yeah. And the second it was still... season was starting to get better. Third, fourth, and fifth, sixth seasons were very it, much about it that. It took them unusually long to figure out the characters. Like, right. It, it, you know, I, I – I find it shocking it took a season and a half to two season, full seasons to for the show to get all right, you know? And that's what I think the problem with the seventh season in general, and, and Emergence in particular, is that it's privileging the plot over anything else. Yeah. There is nothing else. The show is about plot at this point. It's not about themes. It's not about character. It's about plot. And while that's fine— The plots are all good and while they, the kn- they know how to crank out good plots. You're missing all that subtext, and you're missing all that flavor that really gave the show a spark at its best, I think. Uh, and that's why Emergence, I think, is kind of flat. Frankly, and does anybody do anything? They just kind of just wait for events to fold, unfold around them. It's one of those kind of episodes, too. They don't really ever solve anything. They don't, you know, they just kind of, uh, there's this business at the end that Geordi does. But it doesn't really matter. Yeah. That's the problem is like we're just having, pro- I mean, b- partly it's because we're tired and we're just ready to move on to Deep Space Nine, I think. We're like yeah. seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. But, you know, partly I think, too, it's that, the show isn't interested in even at, like even trying to answer the questions it's raising. It's just sort of looking for ways to get around them. I mean, you get this idea. This is the episode. This is what people think Star Trek is, frankly. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> like this is kind of the the stereotypical Star Trek episode in a sense, and I think that's why we both kind it of it fucking don't begins like it. with Shakespeare. Yeah, well, and I mean, how must it be on the Enterprise with everybody making you watch them in a play every five minutes? Like it was, it was bad enough. I had to, I had I had an actor friend in college and it was awful so like you know well i think you know i i yeah sure but i agreed to that when i made friends with an actor 
I guess, you know, the other big problem with the episode, of course, is that Data's actions in this episode don't yeah. really jive with anything we've seen from him before. Because, you know, he is un- everyone is under under the understanding that the enter- the Enterprise computer is becoming an emergent life form. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. Like, you want to tell a story about that? Great. But instead of telling a story about how we should do this, that, and the other thing, about, you know, the value of life or whatever, and partly, yes... I kind of think it would be boring to see that episode again because we've seen yeah. an episode telling us about the value of life. We don't need to see it we've again. Seen seven episodes. Maybe it was just time for the show to end and this is all the best they could do. I don't know. But Data is running around the ship and running around the holodeck trying to turn off the nodes or something and it's like well wait a second. Data very like even last season in the quality yeah. of life he very much went to bat like defied Picard like you know yeah almost threw his career away because he believed that those things were 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 life forms and now just a year later he's like oh yeah well it could be but I'm just still gonna run around and basically shoot it in the head like I mean I'm gonna be very honest why has nobody nobody seems to recognize that there actually could be a lot of advantages to having the enterprise have a consciousness in other words if you get i think as long if as the enterprise to i was gonna say if the enterprise develops a consciousness and it's fully aligned with uh you know with starfleet and the federation and you know is you know all right you know let's the, 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 this life form that it's birthing turns out to be you know, the crew member's soul. So, all right, the, you know, we'll, we'll assume that a conscious enterprise is going to be a good enterprise. That would be really fucking helpful to have. Can you imagine, like, all of the things that that would help with? With sure. navigation? With, sure. With sensors? Like, it would boost everything, you know? Yeah. And nobody seems to even think this. Well, I mean, yes, but I think that there are a lot of problems with that that are not readily apparent. Number one, of course, is that you can't really have a computer decide that it doesn't want to be a starship anymore. Like, there's a lot of fa- – like, you know what I mean? Like, I understand the impetus to say, yes, it would be great to have uh, an artificial intelligence yeah, yeah, yeah. be in control of a starship. But the show is predicated on the idea and the show is built into its DNA at this point that artificial life forms have all the rights – of of natural life forms if we can call them that right yeah. we've seen that all the way back to measure well i mean man. that could and be so, done as an interesting thing in that you know well let's talk about the rights of this ship you know does this ship well you know this ship is very you know functionally but, designed to be a starship so therefore you but know, we've seen that already yeah, is that something we need to see again for yeah. the third time I, I don't think so making it the enterprise might make it a, enough of a twist again it seems like the culmination of that theme but this is not that's not what this episode is i mean i kind of feel like they were having a tough time even getting a twist on the idea and the quality of life and if you're going to be doing it again it's just kind of like okay what is like now you're just really repeating yourself <sighs> it's fine it's all fine it's this was a fine episode I give it a five. I give it a five. Okay. Let's move on to the second to last episode of TNG, Preemptive Strike, which you're smiling at me. I liked this episode a lot. I did not like and this that's, episode. Okay, so... Again, this is an episode with privileges plot over theme or character. I don't buy Rose transformation here. Okay. Uh, well, and I guess, that's the, I guess that's the primary crux at which the episode moves. We'll see a lot... A lot of this episode has to do with the fact that so has she been on DS9 this whole time? No. Oh, okay. See, frankly, that's so what I thought had happened is that we had had that kind of established in DS9 again. Nope. Okay, see then 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 this makes a lot less sense. No. You see her in Rascals and you don't see her again until 2 years later. Oh. 
Okay. Then, then okay. Then she I, never was on Deep Space Nine. That would have so well. I guess so. He, let, we need to talk about what the Maquis are, so that I can talk about why I okay. So bought the episode and yeah. So here's the thing about the Maquis. So I, I'm not really sure. Again, this is kind of a problem I think with the seventh well, season in general is that they introduced this idea very late. Um, so my under let, let me talk about what I think my understanding of it is based sure. on this episode is that. Um, so you have there a they're in the border between the Cardassians and the Federation. They're not a Federation planet. Um, no. No, what? Who's not a Federation? planet? The Maquis. The Maquis are not a planet. You already don't know what you're talking about, so let me just explain. <laughs> well, that's you. a prop. Then that's a problem with this episode. Well, and here, but here's the, here's the thing, and this is when I mentioned last week that there was an episode coming up yeah. that I had to explain the backstory to you because otherwise it wouldn't make much yeah. sense. This is that. This episode. is okay because the Maquis were introduced in Deep Space Nine. Yeah, the Maquis are. So remember back in Journey's End when the native american planet was suddenly in in the cardassian yeah, side yeah, of the border yeah, 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 yeah. and they were like well this is not good yeah and you said this is very bad you know this isn't as innocuous it may see. okay right uh what what happens here is that the cardassians and the federation have developed this sort of like demilitarized zone which is sort of like a neutral zone yeah. right and some federation colonies are now in cardassian space and some cardassian colonies are now in federation yes. space the maquis is basically a terrorist or freedom fighting organization however you want to look at it depending on what side you're on yeah that is comprised of federation citizens living in federation colonies that are now in cardassian space who do not want to be in cardassian space and feel that they were sold out by the federation okay so they basically want to be independent or their own region or yeah something like that it's not i mean granted yeah the episode did make it clear that it didn't make it clear what they were fighting for or against, um, but you did get the sense that it did have something to do with the you know the Federation Cardassian tensions, and you know that you know it is very clear that they are going to be used for a freedom fighter or terrorist kind of theme over and over. I yeah. would assume. Yeah. Um, you know, yes, you have because I mean that's what this episode is. You know, essentially the leader of the terrorist cell is basically a grandfatherly type. You know, and yeah. So, yeah, and I mean, you know, now I mean, now that you know what the Maquis is, I mean, that's about all we need to really talk about them. They they become uh, much more of a thing in Deep Space Nine, obviously, because Next Generation is ending at this point. Yeah. So they can't really do anything else with the Maquis. Uh, but so, I guess my so I guess my problem, my question is what's at stake for it? So so the Maquis are basically at the end of the episode when the Native Americans say, you know, oh, we're going to stay on our land and. The Federation and the Cardassians have this very loose agreement, at least at that moment. Okay, we're going to leave you alone. Um, the Maquis are what happens when the Federation or Cardassians decide to stop worrying about leaving them alone. Mm. Like, what are they fighting for? They're fighting to get independence from both the Federation and the... I I don't... I don't think this is a conversation that is relevant to the episode. And I understand your but in a way I understand is. your impulse to understand the Maquis, but I think that at this point in the show's run and at this point for the conversations we're having, I think it's enough to understand the backstory of the Maquis okay. and not really get into what they want because that is something that happens on Deep Space Nine. Okay. And the other answer, of course, is that 
they kind of don't know what they want. Yeah. Like, they feel sold out by the Federation, so they're fighting the Cardassians and the Federation. They're terrorists, basically, or freedom fighters, again, depending on your point of view. Yeah. That want X. What do they want? Do they want to be part of the Federation? Do they want to be independent? Do they not want to be under Cardassian control? All of these things. Frankly, while she says at one point, you know, oh, it's different from cell to cell, is kind of like a bluff. You can see that actually being the case for a lot of things. Sure. So, yeah, it's possible yeah. that you know what this group wants is very different from what someone you know in the next town wants. But absolutely. Well, but, it's the, but they're not all on the same planet either. No, of course. So. So I guess the question that – so the big question of this episode then is do you buy that Rose betrays the Federation? And if the answer to that question is no, then – The answer is no. The episode (laughs) falls apart again thinking it – you know. The episode has – Well – The episode has a point it wants to make and it contorts – Lieutenant Rowe's character yeah, yeah, yeah. into one in which it's going to fit. Uh, the, this, this episode does not do the groundwork that it takes to really show an internal struggle on her part. It She hasn't been on the show in two well, seasons. Yeah. I mean, you know, like these are problems. Like, we need- I don't know why they didn't. I mean, I, I kind of have a sense as maybe Michelle Forbes wasn't interested in, in being on the show full time or even being on the show more than she was. But. At this point in the show's run, I would rather them not do this episode. Well, and now let me ask you a question. Is this setting up that, you know, Roe working with the Maquis is going to be a thing in DS9? No. Because if that were a thing they were doing, that would be, again, just like... You, you know, never see her again. Okay. That's stupid. So, well, it, it yeah. fe- like, knowing what has come before and knowing what comes after, it feels like a complete waste no, of time. Cause now I'm, no, now I'm starting to agree with you. Having, you know... This is the kind of decision that makes sense with missing pieces that I'm imagining, you know, in a way I kind of imagined the arcs from DS9, give her an episode or two where she has to, you know, say, you know, deal with, you know, allow a Kardashian to, a Kardashian to get away, you know, for the Federation, you know, have a couple of struggles with that, go a bit more into her backstory and now, you know, something, fuck it, I want to kill Kardashians right. and I finally found a group that will let me do that and, oh, you know, I have a scene or two, you know, and I have an episode or two in DS9 where I'm back. That would all make sense. Sure. That's kind of what this episode implied was happening. Sure. Um, it requires us to think that Roe feels unappreciated and left out in Starfleet. And coming from the fact that she has, you know, in the time we've seen her, has been made lieutenant, has been recommended and passed through through this you know, extremely, t- you know, she's basically become a Navy SEAL. You yeah, know, it yeah. is what's happened. You know, she's... She has Picard, who she, is one of know, the finest captains in the fleet, vouching for her yeah, and believing in her. You know, this, you know, think, frankly, think about think about how obnoxious she comes off compared to the Bajoran girl in uh, 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 Lower Decks, who yeah. had a, you know, was, whose reputation was similarly tarnished with disgrace and who you know, fought through it and, you know, did something, you know, extremely dangerous, you know, in order to get that. And, you know, again, in both cases, Picard gave his blessing. You know, if she's not as far as Roe was, well, she, you know, Roe's been out a lot longer. Um, I mean, every, you know, while Roe doesn't like formal parties, she does know that everybody on the ship, you know, is excited to see her again and happy to see her again and misses her. You know, she's, you know, Riker and she are would you know would probably want to spend some time to you know that yeah yeah you yeah, know yeah. like all of these things like 
I don't. You're right. I don't buy that she feels unappreciated, underappreciated. She. How could she? How can? And how does? I mean, yeah. I. I, I, I guess how she could feel. I. I see why she would definitely feel torn about. You know. Wanting to sell out the Maki because you know. Well, I think that I think that the show. I, I don't know that I don't know that the the episode is trying to sell that she feels underappreciated by the feder by the federation. But that's like the only. But but at I the end when she like, says like, but you know, I finally found a place where I belong. You know, and well, all yeah, of I that, think it's, like, I think it's less that she feels underappreciated. I think it's more just kind of like you could be at a place where you where you feel appreciated, but that it just doesn't feel right. Do you know what I mean? Like I don't necessarily yeah, think it has fair. anything to do with her being dissatisfied with her Starfleet career. I think you know a lot of it has to do with the fact that she has had this experience in yeah, the yeah, past, yeah, growing yeah. up in the Bajoran camps, and you know watching Cardassians torture her father and kill him. She doesn't like Cardassians, and I think that much is clear. I think the show has made that clear in her first yeah, appearance. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my my problem with it is that the the sh- this episode in particular needs to do a lot more groundwork to get her to that point to say, instead of having a an amazing career in Starfleet with you know an admirality in her future and all kinds of things, right? Uh, in in twenty or thirty years. Um, she's really come a long way and she's gotten respect yeah. and she's gotten, you know, even Riker respects oh, her yeah, now yeah, for yeah. Christ's sake. That instead she is going to have this transformational experience, you know, on this Maquis uh, colony or whatever um, with this old man who obviously is a stand in for her father. Yeah. And go with them. And you know what? I, I, I don't. I don't have a problem with where she ends up. I just have a problem with how the show gets her there because it shortcuts a lot of it and it doesn't feel earned. Is this the kind of thing that see we here here it's going against the limits of serials of episodic television again because if this again if you had a serialized show you could have one or two scenes just peppered in throughout the season. Where you know they may not have anything to do with you know the main main part of the episode, they might not even be a row episode. We just say, oh, that's the one row scene in that uh in in, in this episode that's otherwise about Picard the entire right. time, you know. But well, and and then just... when it comes to this episode, which is the row, you know, but because this is an episodic show where you can't just have her in for one scene, you know, and do that, you know, yeah, it does. But I mean, have her in for a couple of episodes. I mean, we literally have not seen her in two years. Yeah. You know, I mean, her last appearance was at the very beginning of season six. And here we are at the very end of season seven. And suddenly here's Ensign Rowe. And again, I understand why you're confused because they talk about all this backstory. They talk about sending her this training. Yeah. Like they seem to be under the impression that they have given us this information before and they have not. I again, anytime I... At this point, you know, it's maybe sloppy. It's at just this sloppy. point, maybe wrongly, a lot of times they've mentioned, you know, because they haven't mentioned in Deep Space Nine, you know, from time to time, you know, letting listen, you know, letting the viewers know that once the show is canceled, they can still watch Star Trek, you know. Um, but you know, anytime they mention an, something that doesn't quite have context, I think, okay, well, when I watch DS Nine, that'll make sense. But you know, I guess I'm building up a lot more of resonance between the two than exists. Yeah, no, I mean, there really isn't I know, much. and it's it's interesting because it, I could see how 
I think it could be very fascinating to have the two interacting like that. Well, and I think, you know, frankly, I think that they had more of a a a hope for the Ensign Rowe character than actually panned out. Yeah. You know, they wanted to send her over to Deep Space Nine, and, and she didn't want to go. Well, not Ensign Rowe, because Ensign Rowe isn't real. Michelle Forbes didn't want to go. She didn't want to be on a TV show, yeah. which is fine. Uh, but, so maybe that was the, I mean, frankly, maybe they gave her this episode to be like, hey, no, see what you could be doing. You know, no. I mean, maybe, but I feel like if they wanted to do this episode, and I think the episode is strong in ways that have nothing to do with the character of Roe, right? Like, I actually yeah. think this, I mean, I, I think this episode is, is entertaining. I think this episode has a lot of interesting it's things to It's got a really say. great scene. The scene when but, Picard meets her in the bar, that was a good scene. The scene its, it's, all of those there are great moments in this episode. There are a lot of great moments, but at its core, it is it is uh, centered on a rotten part, which is the, the which is the row part of it, which is that I just don't buy this, you know. And maybe it should have been another character that we had never seen before, you know. Frankly, I think that the show can get away with uh, 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 shortcutting a lot of this kind of stuff and establishing a lot of this kind of stuff in the running space of one episode. Uh, that's really hard to do. And I think that maybe finally, you know, finally the writers are just throwing up their yeah. hands and just being like, we can't, well, they we're not, we're, we, you know what? We're, we're wrapping here like in a week. So this is the best we got. I mean, they very obviously wanted to give Roe a good send off because they've been giving everybody a send off and fine. But, um, you know, I think about how it almost seems like cheating a shortcut into, you know, caring very much about this dilemma that she had but again even thinking about lower decks is that was a character we'd seen once and didn't really like in her own episode you know her first episode and wasn't really you know in in uh, first duty she was a very very minor character you know in it and yet that episode was constructed in a way and frankly giving her only a quarter of the running time to make her really care about her decision when what she was going to do so they could have done it with a completely different character. They absolutely could have, and and I understand the impetus for why. I mean, I think your 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 idea that they wanted to give Roe a send off is a fine one, and I think that I'd be fine with having a, a, an Ensign Roe send off. But again, not this one. Yeah, you know, it just it feels like they wanted to do something to introduce the Maquis or or bring about the idea of the Maquis or or I think this episode actually. There's a two-parter in, in the second season of Deep Space Nine called The Maquis, which sort okay. of introduces the idea of The Maquis, which I believe was aired before this. So I'm not even really sure what their thinking was for why they even needed to do this episode in The Next Generation, because this episode aired after that. Yeah. So The Maquis had already been introduced. Uh, I don't know. The whole the timeline doesn't work. The The plotting doesn't really work. The characterization doesn't work. Nothing about this episode really works. Am I being too hard on it? I mean, it's weird because I really liked it watching it. I don't know. I guess I, I mean, I really do like the, I do like Roe uh, very much. And um, I don't want to say that you're wrong to like it, though. You know? Yes, I mean, you I, are. You, oh, you're judging me so wrong. <laughs> um, no, 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 no. I, it, it's. Like, I, I have to say, like, I, I have a lot of problems with this episode again, and I don't buy Roe's transformation. But I, I like it. Like, well, I think because it's it makes sense for her to. Well, sure. You know, sure. like that. And frankly, you know, the scene at the end when she's talking to Riker. And I mean, that's a frankly, given their history, especially that's a very it's it's a very poignant moment. You yeah. Know, I like, yeah. that. you know, and it seemed like they knew where they they wanted her to end up. And it was a place that made sense for her to end up. 
and you know they done you know they done A to B to C to D to E, and oh shit, X Y Z. Well, it's interesting you put it like that because that's exactly what was just running through my mind while you were saying that is that we usually don't see them connect the dots in quite this transparent a fashion. Yeah, and and in this episode we are watching them connect the dots. Yeah, and it's not satisfying. You know, the, the the show is better than this, and the show has been better than this. Frankly, I would have liked to have seen, you know, Roe doing something instead of that fucking masks or whatever. Like, they're, they're, it's right. not like there haven't been episodes that have been bad where they could have, you know, put her in. And especially, like, if they knew that they were going to do this kind yeah. of thing. Like, why not just write another episode for her and, and have her in an episode, you know, dealing with the death of her father or something. And then or, or, you know, something, this would make a lot more sense. You know, something ha- earned. have an episode be Rose going, you know, back to the ship and her party. And she's a little awkward, you know, but you know, whatever. And then she just participates on the events of Genesis, you know, okay. She's still on the enterprise. And this episode begins and Picard saying, Oh, how are things that you're getting back? Well, you know, it's still a little hard to get back into the swing of things. You know, everyone's still treating me like I'm new, you know, and I just want to be, you know, part of the, you know, and then from the rest of the, this episode goes, at least have her have had some doubts. Well, hell, I mean, there have been episodes, more than one episode in this season where the subplot has nothing to do with the A plot. Like, why not just have it, you know, swap, I mean, oh my God, swap. put her, put her in the Native American episode. That alone is going to give her a crisis of faith about the Cardassian. Yeah. Seeing fucking Wesley decide to leave the Federation would have been an impetus for her, would have yeah. been, frankly, a little inspiration to her. Her first realization that, oh, I could do something else, you know, or I think it's really shitty how this situation got resolved. Like, frankly, you just put her in that episode and that would have solved all your problems. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. That's actually a really good suggestion. I know. So we need to invent time travel so you can go and, back to 1994 and tell them this. I, I mean, can I go back to 1993 so I can stop Kurt from... Uh... Yeah, you can. Okay. That's fine. I'll allow it this one time. Yeah, you can break the temporal prime directive. Okay. Aside from all that, though, you know, <laughs> I, th- I think we've we've exhausted that topic. Uh, what do you make of the Maquis from what you've seen so far, and and their their problems with the Cardassians? I mean, in a way, the episode goes a little too out of its way to make the Maquis seem really fuzzy. Like they, yeah, their mission involves medical supplies. You know, they. He's talking about the burritos, you know, and he's, you know, again, like... Oh, Hasperat, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. You know, he's treating her like, you know, his daughter, and she's like, oh, look, you know, it's, you know, and they they have such a cute relationship that you know he's not going to make it, you know, and he's going to want to pass the torch to her, you know. The other woman seems, you know, very cold at first, but once, you know, they're getting on the mission, you know, she seems great. The two of them are going to be really good friends, you know. Rose gonna end We're up, sexy friends. Uh, yeah, maybe. I hope so. You know, like, but it's just like they all seem like friendly, and you know, again, if you, you can tell they want to do the terrorist freedom fighter thing, but there is nothing to suggest terrorist in this depiction of them. Yeah, it would be one thing if you had this kindly old man who is, you know, albeit regretfully, you know bombing places you know like they, they're just they don't seem to be doing anything that's morally questionable or that's difficult to you know it doesn't it's not as ambiguous as it needs to be because yeah you know so far the only the only choices between does Roe want to stay with the federation or or betray these nice people you know and frankly 
Roe leaving the Federation is going to do a lot less damage than, you know, letting all these people get killed or arrested. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it would be a bit more of a wrinkle if it was leave the, you know, stay with the Federation and get these people that you like killed or join them and save their lives. But they're not completely good. You know, they have a lot of blood on their hands and, you know. Ro knows that for every mission where she is going to be doing something humanitarian like liberating medical supplies, you know. She's going to be shooting up Cardassian ships. Yeah, exactly. Or whatever. Yeah, I think so. And I think that, you know, those are all really good points. And I think that the issue with the Maquis really is that, um, you know, this episode is relying on information that that you don't have about their motivations and about what they're actually trying to do, right? Um, They're just a step up from those kindly Native Americans we saw, you know what I mean? Like they're, they're, they're pretty much like... They dress differently, but otherwise, like, that's who I think we're dealing with for the most part. But I also think that, you know, it's not necessarily a problem that the Maquis don't have a really defined set of goals yeah. either. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, again, and it's, you know, the As fact- long as the show's aware of it, I think it's, it's you know, that that's a commentary on certain things, I right? Mean, yeah, the fact, it's, it's, I think they make it clear that it's, you know possibly different again she she had to infiltrate a different cell you know with a more bloodthirsty leader you know where nobody was nice to her she wouldn't have even batted an eye about it you know she would have you know definitely gone through with her mission and had no qualms yeah no i think so and i think that you know the fact that this episode you know the fact that she be people she does meet up with are people you know are very complex and friendly and welcoming and uh you know to her is much of where her angst comes from. Yeah, and I, I but I wonder if, you know, a lot of that, I mean... I mean, at the same time, I guess, you know, it might even be as much as her realizing that the Federation and the Maquis are the same thing, um, and at least one lets her kill Cardassians from time to time. I mean, that that, that might be as, you know, the, if, if the episode had been willing to make that point... It edges on it. It does edge on it. Yeah, and I think that I don't know if part of the problem is just that the next generation doesn't quite have that in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you it's can't just... make Picard be the complete bad guy. You know, it's right. You know, because we also know how angst ridden he is about this decision. You know, he. You well, know... And, and and frankly, I mean, you know, we haven't talked about the scene between him and Roe in the bar at the very end, and that's a. Pr- I mean, I think that that is the one scene in the episode that really does feel earned because. You know, we've seen them develop this relationship yeah. in her first appearance, and we've seen them interact with each other a couple of other, of other times. And so, you know, Roe coming back, and, and Picard has also had people come back in his life this season and leave again, which is kind of interesting. I mean, Wesley and, you know, now yeah, Roe. Yeah, 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 uh, that His that, son, or at least the mother of his quote-unquote son. Yeah, his son, quote-unquote. Um that that scene feels earned at least because that is like I think the the strongest part of the episode. That is where every where they both lay their chips on the table and they both are kind of like Picard is saying, "Look, you have a duty to do," and Ro Laren is like, "Well, yeah, but I don't feel comfortable here." Like, and yeah. she's you can tell that like she's not able to say it, but but she's looking for Picard. Yeah, to, she wants the out. Yeah, exactly. She wants the out, and and Picard doesn't give it to her. Like. Because it's too late at that point. If at the very when if when he first gave her the mission, she had said, you know, something I, I don't have this in it. I'm I'm a little too close to this. You right. Know? Picard would have said, you know, that's fine. You right. Know, no, no problems with it. But at this point, frankly, there is no way that she can. She she she's all in at this point. You know, she 
the only way she can pull out is the way she does. You know, again, she's either got to join the Maquis, go with her mission, or get court-martialed and end up where she was when we first met her, you know? And and, and frankly, I think that, you know, looking at it from from the Maquis' point of view and Starfleet's point of view and, and Rolaren's point of view, um, is that, you know, we see her pull off a heist in the middle of the episode with the medical supplies, and now the Maquis have a black ops trained Starfleet yeah. lieutenant in their ranks. I mean, that's a pretty good feather yeah. in their cap. Oh, yeah. And I think that Starfleet is not going to be happy about that. And Admiral Nechaev is not going to be happy about that. Yeah, no, it's certainly Nechaev and Picard are getting cozy. It's adorable. Um, this is like... They get married in Star Trek Nemesis. Really? No. Um, this is the first scene they've had where they don't seem to have any tension at all. Number one, they're they're both completely in agreement on the on this mission yeah. and all of its parameters, really. I mean, this is, I think that's interesting because normally, you know, again, when we last saw, you know, Nechev, it was clear that she has some issues with some things, but, you know, she gets, you know, she looks at all the contingencies and figures out, all right, well, we have to do this, you know, and it doesn't matter if I like it, I do it. You know, the difference between, you know, Ro and Nechev is that Nechev is willing to, you know, Nechev on this situation, although she might have had certain, you know, father, you know, daughterly feelings towards, you know, the, or she might have, you know, no matter what her opinion of, she would have gone with the mission. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, Admiral Nechev is one of those characters that I think has really... um in the limited screen time that she's had on the show yeah. has really come around. I mean, she's had almost a full arc and we've only seen her probably for 20 minutes of screen time. Yeah, I, was gonna say, I mean, yeah. that's the kind of thing that I wish that they could have done in this episode with Roe. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. 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 No, it's, it's, it's actually interesting how striking a character Nechev is, you know, part of that is, you know, maybe the performance, the way that she and Picard really have this, they have a really weird chemistry, and it's always very – it's nev- not necessarily good, but it's always very striking. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. All right. Well. I'm giving this a seven and a half. I will give this episode four. Okay. Because that's it. That's, that's it. all I want to give it. That's it. So uh, please share your thoughts on either of these episodes at the post for this episode of Trek About at trekaboutshow.com. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash trekaboutshow. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trekaboutshow. And as always, leave us a positive Positive iTunes iTunes review. Next week, we have done it. We have done it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Almost (laughs) the next generation. I didn't think it was going to happen. There were some times when I thought it was pretty ropey. We've been doing this for what? Uh... It's been since just, I think just shy of four years. Yeah, My three and a half years. God. Yeah, just a, actually, yeah, just shy of four. Actually, just shy of four. Yeah. Wow. Well, listeners who've been with us since the beginning and people who've just joined somewhere along the way, we would like to invite you to join us next week for a very special discussion on the final episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation, all the good things, part one and two. There's no part one and part two. It says that on the fucking Netflix. But Netflix is wrong. Well, Netflix. It's just all good things because when it was originally aired, it was Which aired I saw it on. as an hour and a half, one episode. One episode. So there wow. you go. So uh, we promise it will be a good one. Uh, lock yourself in. We're going to try and make this one of the best episodes of Trek About Ever. We're going to have all singing, all dancing. It's going to be long. 
We're going to talk about all good things. We're probably going to talk about the seventh season some more. We're probably going to talk about the next generation as a whole. We're probably going to talk about Star Trek as a whole. We're probably going to talk about the future roadmap of Trek about and how we're going to get into Deep Space Nine and what exactly the watching order is going to be for oh, the Deep Space for the for the next generation movies. We can talk about like our friendship and like the things we've learned like as a personal like life from watching Star Trek. All of those things. Because so, all all of those good things. Because all good things come to an end next week on Trek About. <laughs>